listen to hair on. From hair on, I'm listening to hair on. Birds of a feather flock together, yeah, yeah, yeah. Still kicking facts up under pressure, yeah, yeah, yeah. Still gotta keep the world together, yeah, yeah, yeah. Who gon' do it like, like us? Birds of a feather flock together, yeah, yeah, yeah. Still kicking facts up under pressure, yeah, yeah, yeah. Still hello, 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 and thank you for joining us on Heron's Home Podcast. I'm your host, Karee Robertson, alongside my soundman extraordinaire, Rico G. What's going on, everybody? How y'all doing? And we have returned for episode 154. Welcome back, everyone. Welcome back. Yes, sir. I want to throw a happy Father's Day out there to everyone. A happy Juneteenth. We had a, a very uh, celebration-filled uh, uh, weekend this weekend. I didn't realize. Like, it was full. Yeah, you know, I, I didn't. Last year kind of didn't really dawn on me because it was my first one. But yeah, Juneteenth and Father's Day are going to, well, not my first Juneteenth, but my first Father's Day. It, they're going to fall on the uh, like same didn't one. Need to be said. <laughs> well, I don't. I don't. I think everyone understands you're old enough to have experienced more than one Juneteenth. Okay. Well, you know, honestly, a lot of people are just becoming aware of it. You know what I mean? So, I, and and that's not to disparage anyone who wasn't aware of it. I mean, it took them two and a half years to tell slaves they were free. So, I could imagine, you know, it's not very well taught in the school system because I definitely didn't learn it from school. But yeah, nonetheless. It was a very uh, celebration-filled weekend, so I want to wish everyone out there a happy Father's Day, you know. You know, and that's a, Father's Day is one that, that I can imagine is, we, we universally celebrate it, but I can imagine it's not a universally celebrated thing for every father, because, you know, it's, and, and, you know, Jesus does a great job of posting great memes, but there was a, a meme out there to, uh, that was like, you know, to all the people out there with two fathers and, you know, just messy father relationships, you know, maybe who didn't have a father or wanted a father or, you know, fathers who are trying to be there or, you know, all of that stuff. And I was like, you know what? That's it, it, it's always mindful to think about those things, especially as somebody who's who's participating in the celebration. I like to think about those things because, you know, it's funny because I heard our, our one of our neighbors talking one time and he was like, man. Half of my baby mamas is crazy. And I was like, damn. <laughs> First of all, if you could half your baby bro. mamas and not be committing murder, you're not, you're doing something crazy, That's bro. Funny. You know what I mean? And it's like, I can imagine. That's a, wishing him a happy Father's Day might be a mixed bag. You dig? Oh, you know man. what I mean? And so I was I just love like, crazy man. pussy, dog. I don't know what to say. It, I don't know what to tell you, man. Big facts. <laughs> big facts. <laughs> Got three of them on deck, bro. Bro. But yeah, you know, so... As as much as I enjoyed my Father's Day, shout out to Caroline and Kendrick. They did a great, like she always goes out of her way to make special occasions special, and so I, I'm I'm super appreciative of her for of her for that. But uh, you know, I I was when I was you know just kind of perusing online, I I saw that and it made me think. You know, it's funny too because <laughs> that see that same meme had uh one of the uh the images was uh for all the for all of those whose fathers are heroes. And after Invincible, I was like, that hit's kind of different. <laughs> That's different. So, you know, sometimes when your father's a hero, it comes with a whole new batch of problems. Like, that nigga might just be trying to destroy the world. What are you going to do? Well, to be fair, he's definitely the minority. <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. But, yeah, I just thought that was funny. When I saw that, that's the first thing I thought of. The one I liked was, uh, I don't know who needs to hear this, but Walmart sells his Father's Day cards in four packs. Wow. <laughs> Wait, I'm not sure I get it. She has four baby daddies, so she needs to get a pack of them. So <laughs> she needs to get a pack of different cards so that she can give out to each baby daddy. 
Damn, see, and that just shows how naive I am. Because the first thing I thought of was like, yeah, you should never miss a Father's Day card. You come in four packs, my nigga. And then you can get them four at a time. I guess four years at a time. Like, nah, nigga. <laughs> she got a lot of niggas to be wishing happy Father's Day to. He's like that sometimes. And you know they did the market research, too. So they know that the average baby daddy amount for the average Walmart buyer is probably it's, around four. Up. That is fucked up. God damn. <laughs> But happy Father's Day, yo, for sure. <laughs> Not for nothing, man. Like, yeah, yo, for everybody who who is out there and, and and putting in the effort, you know, happy Father's Day. And if you're a father and you're not happy about it, then hope it's just another day for you. Hope it wasn't a bad day. <laughs> but yeah, man, you've been catching anything interesting as of recent? I didn't watch too much. I caught the new um the new Kenshin movie on uh, Netflix. About it. Absolutely, I saw that too. I thought it was really good. I thought it was okay. You know, I thought I'd give it like really. Yeah, I, I objectively I'd give it like a seven out of ten, and personally okay. I'd give it like a six out of ten. Like I, the other movie that directly, um, the third Kenji movie was way better, way better. Well, it was that was the a, villain. Yeah, I, I thought the villain was better. The villain's motivations was better. It was primarily shot in the daytime, so everything was clearer. I will like, absolutely. That was one of my main gripes is that I did not like the. I just don't like the when the main villain's soul yeah, that's thing is like point. you hurt right. someone close to me, so now I want to hurt the whole world. Not and it's like that. all right, not even that. What mm-hmm. really, really lost it for me is that your sister sacrificed herself, my nigga, and you were there to witness that. You feel me? It was, yeah. And you invented this entire grudge against this nigga yeah. and let it be your driving conflict for twenty five years to cause like fucking all the suffering. They did like, bring. Really, they did. They did. Sh- they at least he saw that at the end. <laughs> he I didn't mean, go the whole yeah, movie for, without I mean, seeing that. I feel you, but at the, it's just that revenge. But yeah, love I, I and revenge agree. Are like I don't the like two that most common storylines. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? So if you're gonna do a revenge movie where that's the primary like driving force of the uh, of the mm-hmm. plot, man, like make that shit more substantial. It was absolutely like. It was it was very trite. It wasn't deep. Yeah, it was very it was weak sauce, my nigga. Yeah, I couldn't it wasn't, feel for that villain at all. I was like, yo, you're a bitch, my nigga. I just can't wait till they beat your ass. At least I his couldn't even appreciate how good he fought, man. Because I was just but, like, oh, like but his combat scenes were good though. Yeah, his combat scenes were, really were cool. good, but it, unfortunately, like that's your motivation. Yeah, no, I, he definitely did not have good motivations. His motivation Yo, killed it. For his me. crew of buddies was wild, bro. Yeah, he had the buddy who was like, who had two claws, and then the claw staff. I was like, all right, claws on claws yeah. on claws. claws I did, I did like the um, <laughs> uh, uh, some of the 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 bad guy designs in this one. Like buddy with the gun arm was pretty cool. Yo, the cannon arm buddy was out of control, dude. I like how they were like, but there's no cannon marks. How did they fire into? <laughs> how they how they fire from the trajectory? Gotta fucking use your imagination, son. You feel me? Yeah, nah, he was... And and it is difficult to make a character like that interesting, but his... Yo, he kept he kept Kenshin on his back foot. Yeah, he was he was a good fighter. You know what I'm saying? But the, This movie was definitely... It, it, it dawned on me like, yo, they call this nigga by three different names throughout the entire movie because they call him Kenshin, <laughs> Batosai, or Mr. Hamura, depending on where you know him from. And it's like, you know, it, actually, it's really interesting because these are all these are all characters that were built up over the course of his journey. So, you know, it's interesting to see how, like, now you're encountering people who know him from all three eras. And so it's a little bit disjointing at first, but then it's like, OK, yeah, no, nah, it's all the same person. But, you know, only uh, only people call him Batosa is an insult. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> only the bad guys call him. And yeah, and it also identifies <laughs> their allegiance. Only the bad guys uh, refer to him as that. 
Yeah, the only the only niggas, only niggas who want him to be the old him. Pretty. They're much. trying to get him back to be the old him. Like, but yeah, I, I don't know. I feel like the, the other one was so much better, man. The third yes, one. Yes, I, so I will better. definitely like, concede that point. Is that um the 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 third one was as, as and then the it is the, actually the probably worst out of the whole quartet. I would, I would agree with that. It was too. probably the worst out of the quartet, but I still thought it was very good. I, I was entertained. I thought it was drawn out. I didn't think it needed to be an hour and fifteen minutes. Uh, that was like two hours long, man. I mean, I, did I say hour? It was two hours and fifteen minutes. Well, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, I was like, damn, yours was short. I was going to say it could have been an hour and fifteen minutes because like there was a yeah, lot of exposition in the middle, and there was a lot of fucking out. like, yo. How many scary? It was like anime where they just show me like this nigga just looking pensive with like slow that's, music, that's, and he's just like. Those are my point. That was the point. Like there was a cool shot, but it didn't need to be drawn out for you a whole scene. Me? And they, they made gave a scene you out multiple of shots. ones. Yeah. They gave you multiple Several ones times. of those. Where I, I get it. He's he feels bad. I understand. God damn. He, he's a very evocative actor, so you don't need you don't you don't need to freeze on him for so long. Absolutely, you feel me? he got the point across adequately. But, Shout out to Ninja Girl. She was super dope. She was I cool really as fuck. Yeah, um, dude. The, she was bad. The, um, I don't like. Oh man, <sighs> wasted sword buddy. That was the previous head of the, yes, the, the group. Like they yes. wasted his character so much, man. Bro, he, At he had least he went out fight. as a hero, but like, damn, like he was so gangster. I mean, last movie, all he did, really did was like chase Ken shit around, looking emo, and challenging him to fights. But <laughs> <laughs> a lot of characters are like that. Oh yeah, the one who beat the the other guy who was like super like young yeah, looking. Yeah, yeah, he's like the head of the um the Onigashu. Is that the assassins? Yeah, yeah, the group of assassins people like are they're kind of like ninjas. Yeah, he definitely could have been utilized. But a lot of the characters I felt could have been utilized better. Yeah, but shout out to fucking Hopfoot buddy though. I he came yeah. back and I was uh, like he's one of my I really really I think he did, was my favorite fight from last from the last movie. He was cool, yeah. but yeah, so. so just, I'm pretty sure Kenshin's sword does blunt damage, right? Yeah. Okay. Because I'm like, yo, my nigga, the amount of times that he has, like, bashed these guys with the sword, it's yeah. like, it, he doesn't draw blood from them very frequently. Nah. <laughs> he, he actually drew his own blood before he drew anyone else's. Yeah. Th- that's the whole thing with the his path. That's his whole path of redemption. <clears throat> is his sword no longer kills. kills. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So he switched the blade around. Or he had a special a blade specially made where it's reversed. It's got to be really hard to do as a swordsmith. That's the whole point. It's the path of redemption. It's not supposed to be easy. Yeah. And everybody wants to kill him, too. It's not something, you know what I'm saying? Well, no, I mean, for the swordsmith themselves, like, to create oh. a blade that's reversed, you know what I mean? Because it wasn't his. He did it multiple times, remember? Oh, yeah, the, the sword. Oh, yeah, that's right, because he broke it and he was mad. Yeah. And he had a spare. He was like, yo, I know you're dumbass. Yeah, he's like, I know you like to fight, so. I know you're goofy <laughs> ass, nigga. I got a spare for this sword in the back. Yeah. But, like, as usual, that actor does a great job in oh, the yeah, choreography. Bro, shout out to the fucking stunt team and the stunt coordinator. I was watching, before I saw the movie, I was watching some videos of them, um, like, just, like, practicing the stunts and shit inside the gym. Like, bro, ridiculous. Forget it. My favorite thing is I love that how they run so fucking fast and they do that little, like, yeah. swishy thing across the floor. Mm-hmm. It's dope. It, it really does help create the effect. Like, they're really good at recreating the anime style, uh, the anime style movements in real life. Yeah, the flashy, really, really quick combat. Mm-hmm. Tai, Sek- tai Sekaguchi, I think his name is. He was in um, Versus and uh, and uh, Death Trance and mm-hmm. a bunch of, of anime, live-action animes. And he really, like, and that's from early 2000s. So he's been doing it for a long time. Like, he really kind of popularized it for me, at least. I'm not sure 
um, if there was other actors who were really kind of um, doing that. Because from what I, you know, from what I've seen, like a lot of people like Donnie Yen, they do more realistic kung fu. Definitely. Like these guys, they're doing completely fantasy kung fu. Yeah. <laughs> like, and and I really like the the swordsman uh, style of the main villain. The swordsman, uh, the sword style of the main villain, I thought was like, all right, that in the final fight with Kenshin, I thought that he looked cool. But yeah, unfortunately, I didn't think they did a good job of developing him. I, I, I think that they would have done a, a better deal. Uh, because I think that in an anime, you can kind of have an empty villain like that. But in a live action movie series, especially when you have done it, you know, you've built up the prior villain so much. This one was kind of like, all right, it's a very compelling idea why he wants revenge. But the way he's it's going about it. Reality. Yeah, it's completely. Yeah. Unfortunately, it, it doesn't really. <sighs> It doesn't really matter. That's why I I gave it that. That's why that was a personal demerit for mm-hmm. me. Because it doesn't matter how you do it. Yeah. It doesn't matter in what media you do that in. Your entire path of revenge was fucking stupid. Mm-hmm. You put you made all those people suffer because like you couldn't try to honor somebody who didn't want you to make them suffer. Using a bullshit <laughs> fucking uh, idiom was like, oh, is this car still in your face? I guess she's still angry at you from the afterlife. Bitch, if you don't get. Yo, that shit out of my stupid. face right now. I, I'm sorry, but some like, of Japanese mythology be too much for me. I'd I mean, be like, that's superstition that's shit. That's totally fine. Like, superstition is fine. Everybody has it. But this stupid ass <laughs> nigga is using it as a justification for his fucking actions in real life. Yeah, that's yeah. where it made me upset. Like, bruh. <laughs> like, man. Like, and he looks so fucking cool too. Like, everything about yeah. that character except for his backstory was dope. Yeah, so <clears throat> unfortunately, well. I thought overall the movie hit. That was definitely one of the yeah, biggest it, it drawbacks was, it was of it. It's still though. a fun. It, it's a like if if that's not an issue for you, you'll probably love the fucking movie because other yeah. than that and it being a little bit too dark at night times and the mm. slow scenes we were talking about where they're just <laughs> catching Yo, just the like, exposition scenes were you know, were a little bit much. Yeah. Beyond that, you know, it, it's a great movie. You know what I'm saying? It's a it's a fun movie. It's action packed. His great uh, stunts. His uh his comedic relief buddy was Yamanosuke. Sanosuke. Sanosuke. Yeah, like, Yo, Sanosuke. Money, you stay bro. losing, bro. <laughs> bro, stay losing. His ability to like. To like just comedically move is whole is too much. What's Yo, really funny is like he's a he's like a bare knuckle brawler, but he got beat the fuck up yes, by the bare knuckle yes. brawler. Yes, <laughs> my man got like, doughed up. What's happening? Yo, oh, and Colonel Buddy, uh, leader oh, yeah. of the he's leader of the dope. police. The... I love how my nigga only has one mode ever. Yeah. One. I have one mode and one fix. Or at least in this movie. And his though. cigarette never seems movie. to change size. He's smoking it the entire time. That's so true. But it never changes size, which That's is baller so shit right funny. there. He's got Elminster's ever smoking cigarette. Yeah, that dude is pretty lit, man. But yeah, so definitely um, check out the, the Roroni Kenshin movie, Final. It was just called Final. I believe so, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Roroni Kenshin Final. Yeah, that, that, it was. it's definitely worth a watch. Um, yeah, it was fun. And then you got Bad Batch. I finally oh, caught the first. That. Yeah, Bad Batch. Uh, I've caught the first episode, which is a movie, um, and then the rest of the episodes are uh, thirty minute, um, like normal in the season. Mm-hmm. But yeah, this one, it's. Re- I I totally see how people can grab onto it. I think that personally, if you have followed the Clone Wars, then you're gonna really appreciate coming into this show because it it incorporates the Clone Wars mythology. Plus, it takes you into sections of uh, the the normal uh, Star Wars continuum, and you get to see it from a different perspective. 
and it, it, it's really well done. I, I thought it was was good. The characters that they introduced are cool. The 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 whole Bad Batch, like why they got their name and all that. The the mythology and lore behind that is is very well introduced. Yeah, I I think it's that I'm looking forward to catching the rest of that show because yeah, uh, I just the Star Wars tie-in alone is 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 well well received, but like. Each individual character has a a personality that it kind of is, is is engaging. You know what I mean? Like out of the the Bad Batch is five clones, and you know, four of them seem generally like oriented towards a team. But there's one of them, the sniper, who kind of is is the odd man out. Like he's more. He's I I so part of the the mythology that's uh that's laid out is that the clones have programming and that's part of why they're so efficient at, at executing orders and the bad batch in particular were considered defective because they didn't, their, their programming didn't, didn't take. And so there's one of them that seems to be a little bit more influenced by the programming than the others. Now this uh, whole series, at least this, this part of the movie uh, takes place uh, at a point in which the empire is is just being established and they're moving away from using clones and I believe towards stormtroopers, conscripted stormtroopers. Kidnappings. Pretty much. And that's and that's that's something that's never really like talked about because yeah, they're just they don't conscript people. They're kidnapping people's children as they dominate the galaxy, essentially, and yeah, in, I mean, impressing them in Finn's service. Finn's character was the only one that really touched on that. Yeah, you know what I mean, and I think that that was a wasted avenue in the development of the of the uh, the trilogy. Is that they only touched it on it in Force Awakens? They never really developed that part of his character, which would have been cool. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah. So these, you know, a lot of the clones, despite being phased out are just loyal they're programmed and so they're unwilling to 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 add, even entertain the idea of like well what are we going to do anything for our best interest because <laughs> i don't know if like we're not citizens anywhere like we're not Kamoan sit uh um, what's um what's the name of the, the was Kaminoa we're not Kaminoan citizens which is the name of the planet that manufactures the clones and uh and so yeah they 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 discontinued the use of the clones and the empire doesn't want the clones as soldiers and they're not going to like you know uh uh let us be become citizens in some fashion whatever uh legal method they have then what are we going to do we're going to be asked out we're going to exterminate us and so that isn't answered but that's a very valid question but you know n- like the the clone that's the odd man out, he doesn't have like as he does not exhibiting as much free will. Like he's like, yo, just take the orders, bro. <laughs> just take the orders, bro. Like what are you doing? This thing. And it's like, wait, what? You want us just to murder the Jedi that we were literally just working for? Because this also during the midst of one of their missions, uh, Order sixty six is executed, and so they you know they see the other clones just turn on the Jedi, and the leader of um. I think it's um, Clone Squad ninety nine is is like he has a, a like a, a moral dilemma. Like, wait a second, am I going to turn on this Padawan that just recruited us, or am I going to like you know what I mean? Like, he's the he's technically the leader of this mission, 
I'm, I'm in his service. Do I just, is that how we, is that an order? You know, what orders are we serving here? The, the person, our, our direct commander or some, some other order that we weren't programmed with? You know what I mean? And so, yeah, he, he has that. And so that's pretty much the setup for, our, I'm assuming, the rest of the season. So I'm looking forward to seeing how that, uh, how that plays out. That sounds pretty cool. Yeah, it, they, uh, and, you know, because there's, uh, there's Hunter, who's the leader. And he's like uh, got increased senses, like hearing, sight, sound, all that, that stuff. You got Wrecker, who who's like a brute. He's got increased uh, strength. You got Tech, who's got increased intelligence. You have Echo, who's actually a normal uh, clone trooper who was killed, but for some reason they brought him back and he was barely alive, so they rebuilt him with cybernetic parts. <laughs> But in the that damage that he took, he 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 had brain damage. It hurt. It damaged his programming, which is why he was considered defective. Because I, I seem it seems like that's the only real thing that they'll that they'll throw away a clone for is like if you don't take the programming, you're out skis. You know what I mean? Makes sense. Yeah, in, in a military setting, more other yeah, you can work with more or less most of the defections. But a, a, a clone that's not doing what it's supposed to do, like what do you need the clone for? Pretty much. <laughs> Um, but yeah, so, and then there's the sniper who has, and, um, I'm not sure what his powers are. He's just a really good sniper. And his, <laughs> I'm badass. his eyesight, I guess, is, is, is second to none. But yeah, and of course, in conjunction, you put those five powers, those five skill sets together and they take out massive amounts of droids. Like droids just, you know what I mean? It's like when you're trying, if you're playing PVP versus bots. Mm-hmm. It's what it's like, you know. They just come through and they're like, "We're we got this," you know what I mean? Where all the regular clones are having issues because they're also bots because they're programmed. These guys, they use uh, Tarkin actually comments like they use very unconventional combat tactics, and he's impressed by it. And it's like pretty much, I think, the only saving grace he sees in clones because Grand Admiral Grand Admiral Tarkin, I think, is the one who's really pushing to try to like switch over to humans uh, away from the clones. Which I'm like, why though? I don't I don't understand that shit. Seems like the clones are like if you're gonna just create a massive army, that seems to be the optimal way to do it. <laughs> I mean, you'll you'll get humans humans will more frequently result to to uh to unconventional tactics than clones will, but I don't know, man. Is that really what you want? Cause it only works when they're highly skilled. When they're not highly skilled, I don't think it comes out as well as you think. But generally, they should be, you know, there's there's a base level of competence with the clones. You know what I mean? As long as you just don't have any That's clones. That's what I'm saying. They're more effective. I, I, think the, I think going with the clone army is probably the better idea. I could see why they want to go away from the droid army. The droid army is probably the least effective, I think. I think it has probably the most powerful individual units with, like, destroyer droids and battle droids. But, like, their foot soldiers are trash. Yeah. And that's but, what the Empire needs. You know, um, as far as droids v. clones, I imagine droids are cheaper and faster to produce than clones. Cheaper oh, and I faster think they're to produce way and faster. Train. You could probably make a droid army ten times faster than a human army. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, yeah, that's, that's just one of the uh, main things that they're uh, addressing in that show. So, yeah, I thought that that was cool. 
moving on from that, not a whole lot's been going on this weekend. I've been rather preoccupied. Um, I did catch um, a really, really great episode of the People's Pod- Party podcast with Yasin Bey. My nice. man. Oh, man. Gotta catch that one, bro. If you haven't watched it or listened to it, it's a really, really good interview, man. Like, yeah, I haven't heard most. Aid is the mighty. I really, really appreciated my man's perspective, like, on artists in the industry, where he is, why he chooses to take the avenues he does, why he chooses not to stream his music. I mean, my man came through with a gems. Just, he's just a different type of dude altogether. Like, not even just a different type of artist. Like, he's an amazing artist. There's, there's, there. You can't, you can't. There's no accolade that he can't achieve as an artist. But just as a, a person, what he's bringing to the table and just advocating for. Uh, an industry that that really pays an artist for what they're doing. You know what I mean? If your music is good and it's valued, you shouldn't be getting paid fractions of a penny on it. Like, I really appreciate him doing that because, you know, I, the only way to empower the artists is to find ways to let them get paid for their music directly, you know, to circumvent a lot of the extra shit, like the label stuff. Because distribution isn't a thing anymore because that's really i think what i think that was the big pull of the label early on was marketing and distribution you know back when you need to make cds that shit was daunting you know what i mean and so the label really had that under wraps for you and then you know that wasn't a thing anymore and then it was all about marketing but now we got social media and so it's like honestly if you can put the work in you know what I mean? You can book gigs. You got a social media presence. You can you can get your buzz out there. And you can uh, get your music on streaming platforms. Then why is the industry not finding a way to to pay the artist directly? You know what I mean? Like the, the industry seems to be forcing them into the label structure. And most is like, nah, B. I'm not going to. First of all, you're not going to bully me. You ain't going to bully me. Into 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 giving my music away for free. That's not how it's gonna happen. And if the if I have if he has to update with the with the with the technology, then cool, he'll do that. But that doesn't mean he has to 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 give up the value that that he has as an artist. You know what I mean? And so yeah, I, I really love that he was talking about. You know, Talib is always coming with the with the great questions. His his co-host um, Jasmine Lee. They they really do have have a great chemistry and 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 thing going on there with that, but yeah, just most deaf man really like I don't hear a lot from him, and so when I do hear from him, I'm really glad that he's coming spitting some real shit. You know what I mean? Like he's not just chilling back there doing nothing. Man, when has most deaf never been about spitting real shit? I ain't heard it yet. Never, never, never have not. <laughs> I ain't been. heard it yet. But yeah, no, and yeah, it's reflected in his music. Absolutely, you're a hundred percent right. Like you can't name me a most deaf song that isn't spitting some real shit. Oh man, I can't. New World Water, let the tide rise high. Yeah, um, I did catch um. So the the former co-host of the Joe Button podcast, Rory Amal, um, finally launched their own little endeavor, and so they uh they had an episode recently, and and uh they they had on Earl Sweatshirt, West Side Boogie, representing the West Coast. Yo, my I I love Earl and 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 Wes and, and Boogie, bro. They really, they're just cool. They're they're cool dudes. You could tell they're grounded, but 
they also are individuals. Like what they bring to the table is, is very unique. But um, and then they also had Justice on, who I'm not as big a fan of Justice, unfortunately. Like my man is just real young. He's <laughs> super young. No, no, no. And 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 that's not to take a shot at him, but I've been young and headstrong and, and powerful before, and and you gotta wield it. You gotta wield it humbly. You know what I mean? But. He does. He doesn't. And it was funny because the 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 whole the whole session ended with Justice turning up on some and Earl just walking out, <laughs> which is that's what I love about Earl because Earl's not about no bad energy ever. Yeah, like it's, it's only about it's good energy. So as soon as that nigga time. turned up, the nigga Earl walked out. I was like, I need to. I, I could take a lesson from that. Like I really, I, I appreciate niggas who know how to just like. It's not even worth. All the energy that's gonna take for me to address what you're talking about right now. I miss that. Leo. I remember I have I heard that shit in cartoons, and I haven't heard it in a while. But I think we should bring it back. I won't even dignify that with a response. Whatever happened to that? <laughs> yeah, it's true. Whatever happened it's true. to that? It's the true. internet. That's what happened to it. Yeah, you got to respond to every single yeah, thing that someone respond. says. You you got to respond because you can't what respond. What happened to that? And yeah, nah, man. But the whole interview was good. But it was interesting because. One of the things that, you know, they, they, they always have to address, well, not always, but I think right now they, they're still in that mode of, like, kind of addressing their departure. And they were talking about, like, doing business with friends. And what, once again, you know, Justice was like, nah, business and friends don't mix. And then Maul was like, nah, we got to dispel this myth that you can't do business with friends. Like, that's not the thing. And Maul made, I think, one of the most pertinent points of all and he was like i think what ends up happening is is that through the course of business a lot of people find out they weren't friends <laughs> and then and i was like oh that's, that's the, but that's what it is because if if you're friends with someone and, and you have a healthy friendship that is because there are friendships that are not healthy that you probably shouldn't go into business partnerships with that does exist i'm not gonna discount that but if you're in a healthy friendship with someone, business is primarily predicated on communication, no? Definitely. And if you're friends with someone and you're getting into an endeavor that's primarily predicated on communication, that should be easy money to me. You know what I mean? And so I totally understand, well, like you got it, like you should absolutely be able to do business with friends. There's another important factor here that we're all ignoring is that, is that people are not created equal. You feel me? Just because one friend is a rational person and is able to handle $10,000 worth of cash doesn't mean that when your pocket, when the group pocket jumps up to 100000 that they'll still be the same person that they were then. Absolutely. You know I mean? But if you're friends with someone, can't you, can't you talk about that? You can, but okay. not that's, every. That's all I'm saying. But just because you can talk mm -hmm. about it doesn't mean that you'll be able to come to uh, a good enough resolution that's going to benefit everyone. Okay, D and so that's just what, because you, you know, can talk right, to your friends right. doesn't mean that your friends are mature enough to be able to, yeah, have a yeah. positive resolution Absolutely. to whatever you're talking about. Absolutely, and 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 case in point, there's there's definitely been times where I'm just like, I'm not even going to broach that subject with him. I'm just going to hope for the best because as his friend, I'm not going to to provoke him. You know what I mean? Because I know that. I, I I've synced it, <laughs> but so I, I I not I don't want to discount what you're saying at all, and that's why I think that to get around something like that, you just you have to have certain rules, yep. and if those rules contract, 
or, or or not even contracts. It's like well, the, whether written yeah, or unwritten. Or, yes, exactly. Yes. Whether written or unwritten. But it's got to be communicated, as we, as we said. Yes, uh, and solidified, like with commitment. And so, yes, if a contract is your main way of commitment, I would absolutely say do that. Or if you're somebody who can stand on your word, just commit to like where where does the friendship stand in relationship to the business? If we're saying that, okay. We're always going to side on, and and it's just a matter. It doesn't. I'm not saying which one has to come before the other. I'm just saying that you have to have an agreement with the other person. So if your agreement is is that the money always comes first. So if my feelings are hurt, and money's on the line, we're going to decide for the money. Or we could say the reverse. We're going to say, nah, the friendship is always on the line. And so if it's an issue where I feel like I'm being disrespected and there's money on the line, we're going to. We're going to just walk away and save the friendship. But you just have to have that that understanding with the person. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And I think that that's what is is missing from that equation when people want to do business with friends. They want everything just to work organically. And a lot of times it can if you have the same value structure as mm-hmm. the person that you're friends with. But I am I'm friends with people that I don't share a, a 100% of our value structure. And so at that point, you need to elucidate shit. You got to communicate where certain things stand. And it's not everything, but but some of the overarching things. like the important things, absolutely. You know what I mean? And I think that where the friendship and business stand in relation to each other is one of those things that need to be, like, established, get-go. And so, like, like sometimes it evolves organically. You know what I mean? Like, like in some situations, it starts out and the money's not even there. And so the investment comes with time and 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 presence and all of that stuff. And so it's kind of implicit. And I I think that's what happened to Maul and Rory and them. They thought it was implicit that because there was no money in the beginning, when they got to the money point, that the friendship would prevail would prevail. But it wasn't explicitly said. And so they came to a point where Joe was putting the money at the top, which I don't even know if that's what exactly necessary, if he necessarily was doing that. But in his mind, that's what he was doing. And so when they said, hey, but the way that you're handling the money right now is affecting our friendship. He wasn't willing. He was like, nah, but the money comes first because I'm building it. And so they were like, oh, OK, but we didn't come in under that pretense. And so they walked, which honestly, I think that that's that's how that has to go down. You know what I mean? I mean, he soured the relationship anyway. It's best they walk now than later because it would have only gotten worse. Because and and that's the thing is is like if you're gonna tell someone that they're on a percentage based salary, you you you're telling them that that you're opening the books to them because that was that was that was the part where I was like Joe, how can you stand on that? How can you tell them that they're getting a percentage of a number that they don't know? That's madness. That's madness. Yeah, he was trying to rob them. You know what I mean? And, and get so, away with it. He was trying to get their permission for to allow him to yeah. rob them. Yeah, and it was like, man, Joe, you can't do that, bro. And that's where he lost me, honestly. As like, I just, I so I realized, oh, there's no seeing the middle of this. You know what I mean? Like, like I'm like, how am I going to actually see the middle of that? It's also important to like, you, you got to be honest with yourself about who you're getting into business with, right? Maybe when they started the podcast with Joe, they didn't know his business proclivities like that. So maybe this was a shift in his personality, and they were blindsided by it. But like, yeah, no. It definitely like, feels like that. At least on Maul's case, I don't think Rory knew him well enough to even have a pre uh, preconception like that. Yeah. But yeah, it definitely feels like that on Maul's side. 
But like that's because it definitely just seemed like at some point, you know, it's a typical thing. People get drunk with power, drunk with money, and they just start doing shit that they believe like I should be. I should be allowed to do this because of X, Y, Z. And it's just like, uh, and what are some, what are some of the no. other things you think are important to establish on the, uh, on the beginning of having a successful work, f- work slash friendship relationship with someone? Cause I think that that one really is, is pivotal is like, okay, business and friendship, where do they stand in relation to each other? But, and I think another one is, is like money. Because that's that's one that's always going to cause contention. And I, well, I, actually, I'm sorry. I don't even know why I, I said it so definitively. Because I don't think it always is going to cause contention. I think it frequently causes contention. Because people don't value money the same. And that's, and that's understandable. We don't grow with the same value for things. And money is a thing. And so it's understandable that people have different values for money. But um, you got to establish, like... What are our goals? What are our thresholds? When are we when are we talking about money? Cuz you're absolutely right cuz what you said was super important like yeah, when when there's when there's $100 on the table, it's a lot easier to say hold that. <laughs> you know what I mean? But when when there's, you know, let's just say $4500 on the table. That's that's something that's splitable. That's splitable if we're all contributing something. Yeah. You know what I mean? That's significant. You know what I mean, and so you got to see just what the thresholds are, and that and that's right. what, and that's just my threshold. There's some niggas who are like, "Nigga, forty five hundred dollars, you broke, bitch," and I'm like, "Hey, that's just me. I got a and kid. I, I care. Like, I can do a lot for you for a hundred dollars." Exactly. You know what I mean, and so you got to discuss that with people. You got and and you once again, I'm friends with people from the entire socioeconomic spectrum. I have I definitely am friends with people who are listening to this podcast who will hear my voice right now who are like forty five hundred dollars, bro. That's that's a stop it. Stop <laughs> it. Just call me. You know what I mean? If you need forty like some shit like that. But then again, I do I have also people listening to this podcast who are like forty five hundred dollars, bro, just slide me that shit any time of the day if you don't want it. You know what I mean? And so you gotta when you're dealing with friends in business, take that into account that you might have friends from a wide demographic. You know what I mean? Especially if you're famous, you know what I mean? And you've got a storied life. And so I think that that's one of the things that, that Joe didn't account for. Like, nigga, the money you're thinking about right now, the numbers and levels and the level of your experience and how much money you've dealt with, the, these other two brothers really do deserve a little bit more hitherto. <laughs> you know what I mean? Because... $250,000 might not be a lot to you, but that is worth considering for them. Even if they come to the consensus that this is, it's out of respect, you speak to people. You know what I mean? And I think that that's something that 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 is missing from not just business relationships, but friend relationships, intimate relationships. Just, you know, out of respect, you speak to people. It's not out of, like, obligation. No one's obligated to anyone to talk to anyone for shit, by the way. You know what I mean? Especially in business. But just out of respect, you let people know when shit changes just because mm-hmm. you would hope that they would do the same thing, especially if, if if there's important things intertwined, such as, you know, enough money to buy a house. That that could be important to some people. You know what I mean? And so, yeah, I just, I you know, money. Talk about the thresholds of money. Talk about what kind of money is important to individuals because it could differ and it could make a difference. And just talking to people is a sign of respect. Not asking their permission, because everyone knows that 
Joe made the final decisions. And that's the funny, that's the crazy part is, is like, you don't cede your power to someone when you talk to them and consider them. You don't cede your power to them. It's, it, it's literally just a sign of respect. You know what I mean? And so that's, that's part of the leadership part that Joe was lacking in that I, it was very evident. Yeah, you know bro, what I mean? Joe seemed like he got drunk on that Kool-Aid, Oh, bro. bro. He was drunk off the Joe juice. So, yeah, he started believing all the shit oh. that he was saying about himself. You know what I mean? And the thing is, is that he was he was in such a position that he, he could have created that world for himself mm-hmm. if he just lived up to it. It was just a matter of living up to the things that you created for yourself. And that's another thing. You got to know the people that you're that you're that you're you're with. And Joe has consistently created a world for himself and then destroyed it. And so, so I hear this is one of those things that you know, like with the the Olivia lady. Uh, that oh he was my goodness, that was ridiculous. Show. And then, and it, let me tell you, the J- Joe Budden and his whole network is. If you want to hear people contradict themselves on the mic like mad, I mean. They are bad about this shit. And it's like, yo, you know your fans are assholes. You know your fans are assholes. We're going to cut that shit next to each other. Like, golly. And it's funny because Joe was complaining about that on his podcast. He's like, there's this meme page that likes to that likes to make their fame off of oh, cutting my, my, my podcast together. And it's like, no, Bree, that's you on the mic saying contradictory shit. You know what I mean? Like, it was, it was one point where the... <laughs> Joe, uh, the Olivia Doe situation was Joe was attempting to encourage a woman by making sexual passes at her, which was clearly <laughs> not the right thing to do. And then they Yo, had Jill, a clip from this, the See this. the Thing podcast where they're like, by the way, guys, making sexual <laughs> passes at a woman isn't a sign of you liking them. And I'm just like, but you ladies sat there, listened to him do oh, it and laugh. Yeah. So so what's up with that? You know what I mean? It's just it's just one of those things. But yeah, setting up a, a whole situation and then destroying it by contradicting yourself. You know what I mean? It's just one of those things. Bro, Joe is a very Fucked masterful. All of his big bags, man. And so yeah, that the, the third thing I would say after establishing the the hierarchy of friendship business, establishing the the thresholds of money, you gotta establish who who you're dealing with you know what i mean especially like definitely and 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 i would even include myself in this category to some degree is like i am capable of a very wide breadth and width of behaviors depending on the situation i might respond differently and so you have to establish with people like no 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 in this situation this is this is our code of conduct we're going to deal with each other with this level of respect and we're going to, you know what I'm saying? Because if you don't establish who you're dealing with and the profession, the level of professionalism, I guess that's what I'm saying is, is establish the level of professionalism that you want to bring to the table. Because if you don't, people's work ethic vary. Absolutely. And you got to take that into account. If you don't take people's work ethic into account, then you're just obfuscating the whole biz, excuse me, business side of the relationship. If you're having a business friendship relationship, you know what I mean? And so you got to you got to account for the the varying uh uh work ethic of people and by not doing that what you're really showing is that you want to work with your friends because you're just not fit for your typical work environment. Yeah, cuz you can take advantage. You of know that. what I mean? And that's not good. You know what I mean? Like, you can see that a lot in Kitchen Nightmares, not to go too far. No, no, you're like, right. 
And and you see a lot of restaurants that have two managers, and mm-hmm. one of them will be like, well, I don't know how the business works. Right <laughs> you cook in the kitchen? What do I do? I don't know. And then the other person's literally like pulling their hair out, trying to do everything. And it's just like, yo, when are you guys gonna like try to break together? What what is your mo- your um your your process Come together for moment together? Yeah. Where's your but, alien moment? Another you know thing I, mean? I also think is super important is something that Dave Chappelle said that his, I think he said his dad told to him when he got into show business, mm-hmm. but he was like, before you start, name your price. And if it ever goes beyond yeah. that point, walk away. Oh, yeah. And I don't think that applies to just show business. I think that's a great, that's a, that's also great for working with your friends too. Like mm-hmm. set a point. No, if it ever goes beyond this point, mm-hmm. if we're treating each other beyond a certain level, it's got, it's no more. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like we're not gonna sour the the entire pot because at the end of the day you're gonna kill the product anyway. You're, you're, going, espe- you're going to es- kill the product anyway, especially and particularly in this industry where you're building a relationship on the mic mm-hmm. with the people, and the whole thing has to be synergistic, or else it all just doesn't go anywhere. You're absolutely right. Like, don't fuck the product up. You know what I mean by just not communicating yep. in a in a in an industry where that's predicated on communication. <laughs> that's the whole basis of it, the backbone. Yeah. So yeah, that, that I I thought that that was uh, a really great uh, interview that, well, not interview, but kind of like conversation that they had. But um, I thought it was just a missing a little bit of like, well, what are the steps for for people who have successfully done it? You know what I mean? And I think that I've done enough good and bad business with friends i've done bad business with friends don't get it twisted i'm not saying that i'm just like walking on the scene and great at working with friends because i didn't walk on the scene great at working with anyone it's only through time and experience that i've learned a few things about how to you know what i mean circumvent my own misgivings to to work with other people in a better manner you know what i mean and so that's why i was like you know there's a couple of things that we can do come some nuggets that we can solidify from, from that for sure. But yeah, moving on from that, you know, we had a, an interesting Juneteenth cent, uh, celebration here out, out here in, in Crenshaw. You know what I mean? Uh, I, there was a, uh, the celebration at Lemur park, which has actually been going on for, for years. That's not a new thing. Um, but then they, uh, there was some, I'm not familiar which community organizers this are because these these aren't the the ones from our community, but I guess they were working in conjunction with the YMCA to throw Unifest, which was a block party on Santa Rosalia, which honestly it looked really good, like it was very well organized, and that's one thing that I am hugely appreciative of. The vendors were awesome; they had a whole slew of local black vendors. Yo, Bredrin, the Jamaican food was stellar. Nice. Bro, the Escovige fish. Yo, the Escovige fish, bro. Perfect. It was so <laughs> ridiculous. Yo, I, yo, Carolina tasted it. She was like, what is this? <laughs> I was like, this is what we've been missing in our life this whole time. I'm like, yo, I don't know where these For people real? are, but we yeah, have to like, find where out the where they are. Come from, bro? Yo, the patties were flaky and juicy. How you get something Yo, dry and juicy at the same what? damn time, nigga? I'll be mad because I'll be talking to Victor sometimes and he'll be like, yeah, I'll be back. I got to go get me some taste right later. I'm nigga! Like, Yo! out of here right now. Just taunting, Yo, I want some beef patties. Talk. Pepper shrimp, bro. Oh. You see me? Oh. It was very expensive. Yo, I, will, I do have to Yo, comment. It was very expensive. Ages. The it import was, price. 
Bro, yes. <laughs> it, it was, yeah, I bought a hard dough bread the other day, and that shit was $8. God, God damn. Nigga, that is a $3.50 <laughs> thing. Yes. Whoa. I had to ask at the summer. I was like, go to summer. How much is hard dough bread in Florida? She's like, not even buy them thing anymore. I got them. them I lose them mind. Oh, wow. It's going up there, too? Because that's crazy. Because the import price in, in Florida should be very cheap. Because it's yeah, just they coming make off. It. Yeah, they make it. There's, there's enough bakery. Oh, and they have a bakery there out there, too. It. Yeah, man. Yeah, that's crazy. Unless they yeah. run into the bakery out of I mean, town. I, I, I assume it can't be more than $5. That, this is my ignorant guess, is that it can't be more I, than I, like $5. I would 50. be very surprised. Because I because I've seen I've seen Jamaican people at a restaurant beat them down for the price. Like no, the, the food is too expensive. I'm not leaving until you lower the price. Like I've heard no, a Jamaican sir. person do that. An old Jamaican woman do that in a restaurant and make her and the people behind her get a lower price. That's some gangster shit. Yeah, right yeah, that shit is hilarious. Yeah, they're like, yo, lady, come on, man, you can't do that. <laughs> You're out of control. But it's old no, lady man, privilege, so, you got to use it where you can. Oh man, oh old Jamaican women. Talk about privilege, yes, really? yes. But no, the Jamaican food was top notch, top notch. You know, we got a cute little onesie for for Kendrick. Nice. You know, what I mean, um, I I'm sure they had more music. The music that they had when we were there was okay. It was, <laughs> it, it was, it was. It. I don't want to hate on him because he was a independent artist. You know what I mean? And I I I'm never want to shit on someone's art. <laughs> and there was like maybe four or five people really jamming his shit. That's so, fucked up. <laughs> Yo, them three niggas loved it. Loved it. But uh, they had the lighters and everything. But no, the, the and see, this is what this is what kind of fucked me up because I was like, man, I really wish they would have got with the people who who throw the one at Lemert Park and just like brought this organization to Lemert Park because, bro, that would have been. It was really like the stage. It had like a really great professional stage set up. They had AstroTurf set up. They had a eating area. There was food trucks. You know what I mean? The one at Lima Park is more like a park family get together, which I personally love. And the only re- and I I wasn't aware that that of the disparity between the two because I went to the one at Lima Park last year and it was a really it was a, a lot of fun. You know what I mean? But it had this, like there was a lot of police there. But at this one, there wasn't as many police, which I was like, huh, that's that's odd. You know what I mean? Like, usually the white people they 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 hire the police. But you could tell this was probably something that was meant to attract other people to the area. It wasn't meant for the locals as much, I don't think, because and and, and nobody who all of the locals who I saw approaching it had no clue what was going on. They were completely unaware of it. You know what I mean? And so we ended up have to walking around. And so there was, you know, a, a a bunch of people who ended up walking around because, you know, everyone's looking for a way to get in. And so when we came around, it, you know, people were generally like, oh, this is this is interesting. But, you know, a couple of people were like, man, we're going back to Lemar Park. And I was like, damn, <laughs> damn. But the, the problem is, is that the, you got to walk to Lemur Park. Yeah, the parking at Lemur Park is out of control. Yeah, man. Out of control. Absolutely. You know what I mean? But it's that's like LA damn. in a nutshell, though. That is LA in a nutshell. But and next year we definitely walk into Lemur Park. But um, yeah, I was like, ah, this is interesting. I hope it's not a a gentrification effort. That's my big concern because something like this, you really should just just integrate with the locals. Like I can't say as to why you wouldn't. It seems like this would have been a great, you know, private public partnership thing going on where they can bring a lot of the infrastructure stuff like, you know, 
the uh the barricades like it was crazy like it was set up so professionally like i, I can't i can't tell you how much because i've been to like straight up block parties like just you know niggas getting together block parties this felt like almost like a concert set up in the street that's how well they had it <laughs> it had it an organizer up. yeah you know what i mean and and not to say that that uh the one at lemur park isn't well organized but it's more freeform i would say it's definitely more freeform and so and, and i can appreciate a little bit more structure and organization to 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 that to that kind of um entertainment but yeah i just wish they would have would have brought those two things together because that that right there I think would have brought the the uh, the the traditional Juneteenth at Lee Park to a whole another level if they bring that that those kind of resources, man. Because you know they have great performances at these shows, like D Smoke be performing a lot of the local dudes. You know what I mean, Sir? I th- I believe performed one year, like big name acts. You know, and and lo- other local LA rappers. Um, I believe some Long Beach dudes came out. You know, and oh, you know what? I want to shout out to uh uh. One of the vendors I, I saw out at the uh, at the Juneteenth celebration was uh, Profit Midwest, and they were just selling merch like uh like hats, t-shirts, all that kind of stuff. But yeah, dude was super cool. They're from they're actually from I think the Detroit area, but they said that they do a lot of business out in the Detroit, Chicago, uh, in those cities. But yeah, dude, shout out to them. They they hit us up on the social media. You nice. know, Carolina bought a hat. You know, she really liked it. It's like a denim hat with that says profit on it. Yeah, it, it was some dope merch though. Just gonna give them a little little heads up because that's actually our first real Instagram interactions. Much more hopefully to come soon. Been working on a whole bunch of pieces of like you know funny meme artwork to start uploading. Get you guys some content on there. But yeah. I uh, just wanted to give them a shout out because yeah, they 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 were actually interested in coming on. They might one of these days when they return back to LA to 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 shout out the city, they might stop by and give you guys some words. You know what I mean? But yeah, it's dope. Yeah, dude, it was a, and that's another thing. It's like man, it was a really good setup. Like I can't hate on it. You know what I mean? Like I don't want to hate on it. I just hope that it's not something that's going to end up displacing something that was organically built by the community. Because unfortunately, this doesn't happen in a um, in a vacuum. You know what I mean? Like these kind yeah, of things happen. It look like Lemur Park's going nowhere though. That's been the staple for a minute. No, but unfortunately, what happens is is that it attracts more and more, uh, you know, new higher uh, income people to the area, and then they will start complaining, and then they start doing things like what you know, it's it's a. It's something that we saw happen in Brooklyn, where Brooklyn had a lot of organic uh, uh, festivals that would just pop up. You know what I mean? And they started getting pushed out more and more as gentrification happened because the people in the surrounding area would start uh, were were a lot less lenient about noise ordinances, were a lot less lenient about parking and things of that nature. So what would end up happening is, is that there would be ancillary issues that pop up like neighborhood parking that would then cause the police to come in and move in to disperse the crowds because the crowds are what's causing the parking overflow and the parking overflow is causing like a traffic jam situation. And so they have to do it for public safety type of shit. And it's like, if the community was all on board with it and everybody knew that that's what was happening in this area, it would be a lot easier to coordinate around it. You know what I mean? Because they managed to shut down Santa Rosalia. They can do it effectively, but you know, it takes a coordination with the community. And the more that something like Unifest gets built up and people get attracted to that, 
the more likely that they're going to start to complain when other areas start doing stuff like that, where the community has organized to allow it to happen, but technically might be an obstruction to, to normal everyday traffic type of stuff. So, yeah, I mean, I hate to be, you know, I'm always the one thinking about like the, the, the shitty side of things, but that's something to be mindful of. You know what I mean? Cause I do love this area. And if I want to be out here in, in, in the area, I want to at least be present of mind of what's happening. So if there's anything that I can do that I can lend a hand to it for sure. But yeah, that was Juneteenth, man. I, I thought that, see, I, I appreciated Juneteenth when it was just us choosing to celebrate it. I don't think there really needed to be a federal holiday. Do you think that the, 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 the it was a necessity for them to pass a whole federal holiday for this. I mean, I see both sides, right? I mean, it's 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 just a holiday. It's just a gesture. But at the end of the day, it's like what you use the holiday for, right? You could use the holiday as a means to educate people about what it means mm-hmm. for Juneteenth. Let people and know I- it's not just about all the U.S. is specifically about the Texas slaves mm-hmm. getting spree. It, it's an and opportunity. That's, that's you know what, what I mean? I'm it, it's for. definitely. Um, I, I see a lot of people saying that it's an empty gesture and I can see that, but there's nothing saying that you can't take a slight mm-hmm. and using it as a benefit. And yes. you know what I'm saying? And, so. and it's going to take a lot of footwork on our end because one yeah. of the things that I see them trying to do is, is say like Juneteenth is a celebration of the freeing of, uh, of the slaves. And that's not genuinely the spirit of Juneteenth. And, and, and the reason why I think it's important to, to, differentiate because the freeing of the slaves happened with the emancipation proclamation two and a half years earlier i believe it was january of 1863 i want to say um and it wasn't until two and a half years later that the slaves in galveston were notified that they were free and it doesn't take two and a half years to travel from anywhere in america to anywhere in america during that time so it is important for us to keep the the if we want to honor the freeing of the slaves, we should make the Emancipation Proclamation national holiday. Juneteenth is a celebration of an overcoming of a particular type of oppression that happened far that happened years after slavery even ended. This is a this is Juneteenth is a celebration of the memorial of slavery. If we're celebrating anything, it's the memorial of slavery. We're not, the, the freeing of the slaves happened a long time ago. And it's important to think about it as the memorial of slavery, because that reminds us that it, t- it still took two and a half years after America claimed to end slavery, which was supposed to be the point where racism ended, right? No, <laughs> it didn't, you know? And that's why that context is important because if not, they will try to per- paint history as Racism ended on the on, on on the Emancipation Proclamation, and then they'll say that racism ended on Juneteenth, and it didn't end on either of those because then we had Jim Crow, you know. Then we had we, well before Jim Crow, we had the whole Reconstruction era. So it, it's it's you know we got to keep this context because if we allow it to to go away, then what's going to happen is is that the history of, of, of America's racism will disappear without America ever having learned the lesson from it. And that we can't let happen. That is absolutely their goal. Their goal is to wipe it away without ever having dealt with it. And part of learning your lesson is, is dealing with the consequences. That's part of learning your lesson because the lesson doesn't 
just include you learning what you did wrong. It's also learning what comes with having done something wrong. That's part of the lesson. And America is trying to walk away from slavery without ever having learned the consequences of having done something wrong like that. Other countries have learned, you know what, there's this, there's this pressure valve called reparations that if you pay it, it actually, it, it will, it will, it will, it will circumvent what you actually deserve from having enslaved generations of people and bred them like animals and then created a society of people that thought of them as animals and then perpetuated that society for your own capital gain. You deserve a lot worse than that. But society has, a, has the remedy for you, and it's called reparation. And they won't even do that. You know what I mean? They're trying to walk away from that. They don't want anything see, though, to do. That is, that is in the very, like... DNA of America. It's not just with slavery. Like well, they're trying to do oh, that with January sixth. Talk that shit you feel though. They're doing that shit with the president. They, they talk that shit though. The American elite is absolutely not about consequences for their actions. Is at that all. not how this country was founded? I think we had this conversation off yeah. mic. They this country was found off of motherfuckers running away from the fact that they were not socially mobile in England. Yep. There wasn't religious persecution. Don't be stupid. These things, these people ran from England because the monarchy had created a system in which they were not socially mobile. So they said, fuck it. We're going to go to a place where there is no monarchy. We're going to create a set of rules that banishes, that, 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 that prevents a monarchy from being created. Also because that also benefits England because England doesn't want to have to, to battle with an international monarchy. They know what that's like already. And so... There was a little bit of of, of of interplay there, but you know, um, they they ran to America to this place where their unfettered capitalism could finally be the the cultural value that pers- that pushes them forward. You know, because they did couldn't they do work when in, the in queen England. came running. When Shit. the queen came calling, Shit. they killed them motherfuckers Hell and yeah. sent them back. Hell yeah, <laughs> and so yeah, you know, yeah, America America's is definitely based off of running from the nation, consequences, son. but it's not going to last forever, and and they're Push better off. Pipe. And and that's the part that blows my fucking mind. Like America is a nation of people who act like children, grown men act like children. Like it, it was, I I think I was probably in my early teens when I learned like don't run from the ass whooping. The ass whooping's <laughs> yeah. way worse. Just accept the consequence. <laughs> And learn how to <laughs> behave in such a way as to not garner the consequence. Oh, That's man. the best way to move forward. You know what yeah. I mean? Running but America will not the take the... for black people, man. They, it, they will not just stop and take the little pity pack. And the worst part is, is like, the money's all fake. It's like, yo, if you gave the black people the money, guess what you could do? Make more money. Just make fucking more money. <laughs> it's like, it's all fake. So who cares? Just do it. Pay the red for nations, bro. Just pay the red for nations. I just don't get why they won't do it. It's just crazy because they won't even do it at their own base. Because the thing is, is like you think other countries are going to downgrade American fucking financial uh, 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 value because we they paid reparations? Are you fucking shitting me? You think China's downgrading America's financial rating if they pay the reparations to black people? You think Germany or it's France... About- it's is about downgrading never America. admitting you were wrong, man. That's it. It's about Jesus, never admitting it's you were so wrong. so bad. It's like you literally have zero reason as to not just chill. You've already defanged any consequence you can have. Yeah. It's crazy. But then I might have to admit that I'm not perfect. And I don't oh. really know if that's possible. Oh, I just, it's. I don't it's, know if I could do that. that. It's one of the reasons why I just, no matter how much I love 
certain parts of this country. I just want to get the fuck away from it. I just cannot stand that that ideology of just like they will not. They they and it's oh, like, man. do you know how much progress can be made in the face of someone who's just willing to 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 be humbled in the, the slightest bit? The oh man, let me tell you, a little bit of humility has gone so long in my life because it has gone so far. Like I just can't imagine like a whole nation of people who's like, no, nope, 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 nope. not doing it, not doing it, not doing it, not doing it. Like obstinance, man. Holy shit! How does that become a core value? It's like um, it's even funny. Like when uh, uh, Alex Jones can do shit like like he did to that one family, and then go to go to court, and then argue be like, oh, they should have known I wasn't being serious. Oh they, yeah, they they would never admit to doing anything wrong. They'd be like, nah, you should have known I wasn't being serious. That's on you. That's your bad. It's your fault for taking me seriously, not my fault for saying something wildly inappropriate wow. and completely unfounded. I mean, the president literally has taken that stance and won. It's crazy, really? bro. I just can't. I hate living in, like in a place where like only on the personal level do people take any kind of responsibility at this point. Because as soon as you leave that, you there's absolutely every every legal recourse to evade responsibility for the majority of things you can do. As long as you're part of that privileged class, of course. And it's like. Ugh. Jeez, so obvious. But yeah, anywho's moving on from that, uh, dude. I saw this coming across the feed recently that I th- that was hugely uh, interesting. So Alabama mine workers at the Warrior Met mine uh, have been on a strike. Very, 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 very contentious. They've been bringing in strike breakers. Like this is a good old fashioned old school strike where like. People are driving through the picket line, and then the picket liners are busting people's heads open. Crazy shit. You know what I mean? Like, old school. They've decided, the Alabama mine workers have decided to take the protest to the hedge, to the hedge funds that are dismantling their uh, the infrastructure of their mine. And they're about to go to Wall Street. And we're about to have Alabama mine workers protesting on Wall Street. I'm excited. It's about damn time I'm excited. they started fucking looking at the right damn people. Because I know that the few people I do know in the NYPD that I know of personally who are worth their shit, like, you probably don't want to fuck with them. They actually don't fuck with the NYPD because they joined the police under the pretense that it was a different organization. And they joined and realized, holy shit, this is what, this is what I'm part of. And so... I can't see them attacking mine workers and the rest of these NYPD guys. We've seen them in action on camera. They're not brave souls. Yo, these mine workers are going to fuck some people up. And I'm wondering if, yo, they're about to, ah. and what bothers me is that, you know what the next step is, is that they're going to bring out the asymmetric riot gear. They're going to start. And then they're really going to bring the pain. And it's like, I really like, is this the kind of violent protest that's going to spark something? Because like this is not what this is not this is not uh, Occupy Wall Street. These mine workers are are Midwest or or Southern white males that are 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 used to a level of privilege that's going to come into direct conflict with authority. Whoo! I, I listen. I've seen a lot of white boy meltdowns, but none like this. Because this that's what this is going to uh, amount to. It's going to be a bunch of angry white men melting down in front of an authority that is not going to capitulate to them. 
It's going gonna, it's gonna, it's gonna to get interesting, to say the least. Should be interesting. Should be a little bit different than um January sixth, because actual because they're fucking with actual money. Well, and they're and they're fucking with actually productive people. Like these these are people with shit to lose. Like mm-hmm. you have to understand. Like I I watched a video of these mine workers, and the mine workers are talking to the camera on the picket line while after one of them just got hit by a truck. And they're like, if you think we're going to move, then you must not understand that we're here fighting for our fucking families. And we're not moving because guess what? Our livelihoods are in these mines. And these mines and our livelihood is what keeps our family afloat. And there's no way that we're just going to throw that shit away after 40 fucking plus years in this mine getting black lung to have you guys squander my pension. You have everything in your whole world messed up. And obviously I, I embellished on the language, but this they that is the exact sentiment that they're putting out. Like, we, no, we're going to die right here. We've already committed to dying in this mine. We came here knowing that we could die in this mine. And you think you're just going to come and take that from us? I think that you underestimate what we were willing to do for our families from the fucking get-go. Yeah, mining is a pretty... That's a grim-ass job in 2020, yes. bro. Yeah, you're doing like, you that know job what I mean? in 2021. <laughs> that's, that is a rough existence. Yeah, man. So I'm looking forward to... Uh, to really seeing uh, what happens with that, because that's going to be an interesting protest. I wonder if they're going to capitulate, because this is really like, I don't, I don't think the finance class can actually stand up to the, to the, to the genuine productive working class. I don't think they can. I don't think they can, especially a working class that has a history of of knowing how to deal with this kind of stuff. Because the thing is, is like it's easy to take care of gig workers because gig workers, by nature of being in the gig economy, aren't have never been part of a unionized force workforce or else they'd still be within that unionized workforce in some capacity. So they're taking advantage of them because they lack infrastructure. These men have infrastructure. They have mutual aid benefits. They have they have societal privilege. They got a lot going for them. This is not, and and I keep saying Occupy Wall Street because a lot of people look at that like that was a, that's a modern day protest. And it was a very powerful movement, but that shit was no Selma. That shit wasn't no Whiskey Rebellion. There's been real violent protests in this country. You know what I mean? Most of it perpetrated by the authorities. Most of the violence perpetrated by the authorities. And so, yeah, what they're what we're about to see is something in the more and I think in the vein of an old school protest, something where the authorities, unless they're trying, they're willing to escalate, are going to have to 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 really consider like, yo, yeah, they're gonna have to capitulate to these miners because what they're asking for is legal, because they have a right to unionize and collectively bargain, and you have an uh, uh, obligation to to uh, to do business with them in good faith. And so if you're stonewalling them and they're they're here to deal with you in person, you got to deal with them in person. You can't stonewall them. You know what I mean? And so, yeah, I, I'm interested to see how this progresses. And uh, here, we'll wrap up on this one because I thought that this was a, a real interesting uh, development. So Nestle and Cargo, Nestle slash Cargo, the, the parent company, uh has been evidently purchasing cocoa from farms that utilize slave labor. The uh, Some men who escaped those farms are suing Nestle Cargill for having been enslaved on a cocoa farm in which produces 
inputs for their products. Of course, no American court would ever uh, uh, find them guilty, but the grounds in which they were able to evade litigation was very interesting. The court found that the company is not an individual and is so not liable for the the act of slavery that was enacted upon them, which is easily contestable. Those men, organizations have been responsible for slavery. The UN has many statutes on this. This is not this is not something that is tenable in any real legal sense, but a judge can say that. Also, in saying that Nestle Cargill is not an individual, they come into direct into direct conflict with Citizens United. Yes, Citizens United yes. states that companies are individuals people. that can that can exercise free speech. And so we've come to the, the, the mental gymnastics has 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 uh, resulted in a fault off of the pole vault. And it looks like the chest of Nestle Cargill is about to get caved in because you cannot create that kind of legal quandary. And I doubt that they're going to sacrifice the ability for corporations to legally lobby <laughs> for Nestle's right to employ slave labor. That's those are that's what's at conflict here. Either Nestle takes the hit for the slave labor and has to reorganize their 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 uh uh their production line, or professional lobbying becomes a thing in the past. Because if corporations can't pay lobbyists to lobby directly and they rely solely on individual. That cuts out a large portion of that's not to say that there's not a lot of rich individuals who will pay lobbyists, but that's to say that corporations are ten times more capable of doing so than the individuals. And so I'm very excited to see if because the ACLU, of course, has got to be all over this. ACLU has got to be all over this because they've been fighting Citizen United since day one. So this is a prime example. And so they're on both sides of this. They want to see Nestle Cargill get hit for the slave labor, and they want to see the lobby. So they're about to to jump all over this. So I think this is going to be an interesting um, development and one that has a high potential on either side to be in the best interest of the people, which is rare. And 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 you know, I think you said this to me earlier. Like a, a broken clock's right twice a day. You know what I mean? And this fucked up system that is designed to produce <laughs> terrible <laughs> outcomes. It's gonna produce. It eventually the, hit an impasse with its fuckery. It it, it it will eventually create an anomaly where there's no bad outcomes, well, where there's no outcomes that harm the people. Uh, you know what I mean? And so here we are. You know, and so Once I'm appreciative every of that. Ten thousand years, the stars have aligned. Celestial alignments abound. <laughs> but yeah, man. So yeah, we'll wrap on that, man. I hope you guys appreciated it. I hope everyone had a happy Juneteenth and a happy happy Father's Day. You can follow us on the social media. You can find me on Twitter at Kareem underscore T and at Home Heron. And you can find me on Instagram at Heron's Home Podcast. You can find me on Instagram as well at Rico underscore G Sound. And always remember, guys, time is only wasted if you choose to waste it. So learn from your mistakes. It's the only thing you ever truly will learn from. Have a great one, guys. Thanks for joining us. Peace. Take it easy.